Week nine of the NFL season has come and gone. The playoff seating has been shaken up in the AFC and NFC. We're starting to get a clearer picture of what the playoffs might look like. And we're starting to get a clearer picture of who is going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes come January, February time when we're going to be talking about the draft. All that and more coming up on the house call. Welcome into the Gridiron segment. My name is Kyle. I'm joined by Jill and Justin. We are going to be breaking down a little bit of week nine NFL action and previewing an exciting Thursday night football matchup. But before we get to all that, I've got to give a quick shout out to our amazing sponsor at Vivid Seats. Listen, sports are fully here. We've got hockey, we've got basketball, we've got football, and you've got to get yourself to a sporting event. How you ask? You're going to use Vivid Seats, and you're going to click the link in our description, save yourself some money, get yourself some guaranteed tickets, go to Vivid Seats and get your butt in a seat. Go to a sporting event. They're not going to be around the whole year long. We realize this, people. And the more we put it off, the more and more it becomes likely that we're not going to go at all. So go right now. Go get yourself a ticket using Vivid Seats. Thank you to Vivid Seats for sponsoring this episode. Now, we had some exciting stuff happening in week nine. Josh Dobbs comes in for the Vikings, seemingly off the couch, and leads a comeback victory over the Atlanta Falcons. We had some very interesting blowouts. Obviously, the Ravens beat the hell out of the Seahawks. There was not, in my mind, though, a more exciting game to watch than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Houston Texans. And Jill, I'm going to go to you first. What were your thoughts on C.J. Stroud's record-setting rookie performance? So I I got to say I'm disappointed, and not for the reasons why you guys think or other people are going to think. It's because I want justice for my man, Davis Mills. He did a – I say this every time I talk about the Texans. He did a hell of a lot with a hell of a no, bit of nothing – last season and i would have loved to have seen what he was cooking this season but in the reality of the world cj stroud what an incredible performance uh D'Amico ryan i'm so happy he has really transformed this texans team and i am excited for the years to come this honestly i think was probably up there as the most entertaining game to watch in this past week of football games i know there were a couple others and i know we'll get to some but this one was a true just Football game all the way till the absolute last second of play. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, they left it on the field. They fumbled the ball in the final game. And that was what the final play of the game. Sentences there. Uh, and that is what sealed their fate to lose the game to the Texans. Um, honestly, shocking performance for the Bucs. I, I will put that out there. I'm impressed with what the Bucs brought to the table. No, me too. It was it, it was a lot closer of a game than I anticipated. I definitely thought I, I honestly thought the Texans were going to run away with it. And I am glad that we got to see that version of Baker Mayfield that he's able to show up and, you know, still create some level of excitement when you watch him play football. Um, but like you said, D'Amico Ryans has completely transformed this Houston Texans team. And it, it's no more apparent than on the defense, I will say, because they don't really have like star big stable players yet, but they're playing physical. They're playing tough. They are all trying to swarm to the ball. It's it's not the Texans teams that we have seen in the past. Uh, Justin, I'm going to you next. Give me your thoughts on Tampa Bay taking on Houston and unsuccessfully trying to put together a game-winning drive. We don't know anything about that as Bears and Giants fans, do we? <laughs> no. 
No, I'll tell you the the where it starts from when it comes to the Texans is coaching, and I think D'Amico Ryan's is doing a great job coaching that Houston Texans team. And if you look at how the defense played, and I know it doesn't look right because they gave up 37 points, but it looked eerily similar, like a light version of what he had going on in San Francisco. Now he doesn't have the personnel, but he does have a young star in Will Anderson. So that may be coming sooner with more draft picks, with how development goes. So it all starts there. Everybody's talking about... CJ Stroud and essentially his coming out party, which is crazy. 470 yards is bananas, especially as a rookie quarterback going up against a not so bad defense in the Bucks. Again, not including the score. Um, but you also got to look at the others that were going on. Tang Dell, another rookie wide receiver coming out party for him too. Um, they had everything going on for them in that offense. Everybody was getting the ball. Ball was moving perfectly down the field. Uh, they were just winning on pretty much all facets of the game. And let's not also forget, they were down 10 in the beginning of the second half. It was 20 to 10. And for it to go, for them to win 39-37 tells you that second half was yep. crazy. Adjustments were made. Adjustments I were made and executed. Absolutely. I want to point out one fun fun fact, and now that I'll say it, you all are going to recognize and kind of think to yourself, I like to call it, you know how there's the 12 degrees of Kevin Bacon that everyone likes to talk about? It's the 12 degrees of the San Francisco 49ers. Every single team has some sort of relation back to the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, the Texans with the head coach and D'Amico Ryan, but you could go down a list of how the San Francisco 49ers have touched almost every single team in the NFL. No, it's absolutely true. San Francisco's number one export is, of course, coaching assistants and eventually head coaches in a lot of scenarios. But God, this this Texan team is so much fun to watch. And mm -hmm. not just I mean, not just Tank Dell, who had a phenomenal showing. I mean, let's let's not get it twisted. 114 yards, two touchdowns. He was the third like third receiver for the for the Texans. Noah Brown had 153 yards and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz had a phenomenal game. 10 receptions, 130 yards and a touchdown. Like every every weapon showed up for CJ Stroud and he took advantage to the highest level. And like he said, they were playing from behind coming out of that coming out of that, you know, halftime break. And it was so just refreshing to see because we have not seen this version of the Texans in so long. We haven't seen it since the Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson era. And to be able to definitively say, no, CJ Stroud is going to be the Houston Texans franchise quarterback has to be a relief for all of the Houston fans. Uh, I, I don't know what just happened there. I had a little bit of a stroke, uh, possibly because I uh, I just got so excited seeing a Bills losing score because we are now going to be talking about the Bills and Bengals. That game was everything I wanted it to be. My goodness, it was everything I wanted it to be. The Bengals win 24 to 18, and it never really felt that close. Uh, Jill, I'm going to go to you first. Give me your thoughts on what is potentially going to be a very important matchup come playoff seating time in the AFC. Yeah. And uh second, I mean, well, no, it's not even second. This is what the third or fourth season in a row that we're talking about. These are two teams we could potentially see going pretty deep in the playoffs. I, unfortunately for the bills, I don't think they're going to make it. They seem to somehow have 
either an unlucky game, unlucky rules against them, or just all out not a great game. Uh, and I want to say I think this game is pretty indicative of that. The Bengals, who really struggled at the beginning of the season, and they've done this the last few seasons, people really like to throw it in their face and try to forget about them, and then they do that come up, and they've just won four straight against, again, a Super Bowl contending team. Uh, I think this is going to be huge. They are coming up, and so the AFC North is all tied at 5-3 and three for, between the Bengals the I also just had a stroke too. <laughs> the Browns and the Steelers, they're all chasing after the Ravens who are leading at seven and two. So AFC North, always highly competitive. And this just goes to show it is about to get a lot worse because the Bengals still have, as I have in my notes here, they have the Steelers twice and then they still have one more game respectively for the Ravens and Browns. So that will be exciting as that comes up for the Bills. This is, this is typical Bills. I, I have nothing to say other than, you know what? Let's let head coach uh, Sean McDermott say it. And he said, too, consist too inconsistent overall. I thought we got off to a really good start in our rhythm. After that, it was tough sledding. And that seems to be the story for the Bills a lot more often than they are to winning. Um, so, yeah. The one good good thing about this is DeMar Hamlin did make it through this game and there was a very emotional touching moment of him uh going out after the game and having just a moment of silence to himself right where his uh last year's incident happened so that's the good thing that you can say out of the bills is they've overcome some obstacles yeah absolutely it, it did it did just feel like typical Bengals fashion they're going to figure it out around yep. week eight week nine ish and here we are they're figuring it out just like they always do and it seems like you know we've got we've just got to kind of bite our tongues a little bit the first like the first quarter of the season for the Bengals because it's like they're just gonna figure it out and they have at this point for me they've earned it because they've done it three seasons in a row at this point so i have faith that the bengals are going to be able to do this relatively consistently if there's uh, the bills they're also consistent they're consistently inconsistent it's, yeah. ah. if there's one team you can kind of equate this bengals era to is how many times did the as we talked about it the patriots you guys had mentioned the patriots already today how many times did a Patriots season start off the first couple weeks, we we're always like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they're doing this. Why is this happening? And then come around week four, week five, week six, they had their come up and there they were in a Super Bowl and probably winning that Super Bowl. So very indicative of that same kind of era we saw in New England, kind of feeling it a little bit for Cincinnati. No, absolutely. They're, they always seem to get hot at just the right time. They have this mid-season push that happens every year that puts them into the right position. And then they have that playoff push that is so freaking fun to watch. I, we've gotten it two years in a row now, and it's been a blast both years. Justin, I'm going to you next. Give me your thoughts about the Bengals taking down the Bills 24-18. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> look, look I, I didn't watch the game for the simple fact that I had a feeling of how this was going to go. Because if you've seen the storylines basically going into this game, the Bills have been struggling against teams that they should have beaten. Mm -hmm. And then you got Cincinnati getting hot 
throughout the season. And now they seem like they're back to what they were when they made it to the Super Bowl. So you see all these things come up and it's like, there's no way that the Bills are going to be winning this game. And look, 21 to 7 at the end of the first half. That should tell you enough. But Bills Mafia, listen to me and listen good. Because I have been giving y'all a bunch of crap this season because of Josh Allen. Look at the conference standings right now. If the playoffs were to start tomorrow, guess who's not in it? The Bills. They are currently right outside because Cincinnati essentially jumped over them with this win. You got Houston right behind you who just put up a crazy game. And they look like they have momentum. The Chargers, if they actually get their offense together because their defense is actually playing lights out together, you could find yourself all the way in the back of the pack. And, heck, I can even see the Jets jumping you if Aaron Rodgers comes back. So fix your shit. But I don't think I see you guys <laughs> making the playoffs this year. I don't. I honestly don't either. And it's it's because of how the Bills run their system. I'll be honest. Like, I'm sorry, your quarterback is not supposed to be your leading rusher. That shouldn't no. be happening. You have no ground attack. You are completely you are completely reliant on the performance of a boomer bust gunslinger quarterback. You signed up for this, and you, that doesn't work to win championships. You need consistent play, decent run game, and for the love of God, don't let him keep on taking these hits and running all over the field yeah. like a maniac. If he's your franchise guy, protect him. It's insane yep. to me. No, I, I I completely agree with all of that. The only reason why I'm going to say the Bills make it is because they're so consistently inconsistent. It wouldn't be shocking that they get it together. But again, as we've seen it in the last few years, either some rule gets that stops them from going in or they just have a bad game or something is unlucky that happens in the game. Uh, so that would be the consistent part of the Bills. No, absolutely. You don't win four Super Bowls in a row unless you have, there's some kind of just curse over yeah. top of your organization. Uh, yeah, let, me, let me ask y'all because i'm looking at the conference standings now would y'all ever believe if i told y'all before week one that the pittsburgh steelers and the cleveland browns could get into the playoffs and the buffalo bills would not i would believe the i would believe you right up until you said that last part i would totally believe you right up until the last part just I because know, I believe in Mike Tomlin so much as a coach. And then the Browns, they had a good roster week one. It just got ravaged by injury. I don't know if I'd believe the Browns because I, listen, it's, the Browns are going to Brown. That happens every season. It's inevitable. So I would be shocked on the Browns. The Steelers, I mean, what is it? Mike Tomlin's 12 seasons in a row of over 500. So that one wouldn't be shocking. But over the Bills, yeah, I would be definitely shocked, especially hearing this. Browns thrown conversation. <laughs> no, it's weird. It's and football's weird. We just have to accept it. Football's kind of freaking weird sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's just the way. It's just the way that it is. Uh, speaking of just you know a matchup that tends to get a little weird, we have the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Massive, massive playoff seating implications. Mm -hmm. The Eagles get the win, twenty-eight to twenty-three. Despite Dak Prescott, you know, he had a great game. I will say it. I've I've slammed the guy so hard so many times. He had a great game this week against the Eagles, and they're still a very good defense, so kudos to him. Uh, the Eagles almost fucked this up. Like, let's just be honest here. The Eagles almost fucked this up. Jill, I'm going to go to you first. Give me your thoughts on this NFC matchup. I'm going to throw it to Jalen Hurts and his 
quote to how he summed up the game, and that is, I don't really know what to say. It was a gritty win. It was a tough win. That is a true division rival game. We've seen the last few years the Cowboys really come into their own, so it is not shocking that they are really given some sword uh, sword in the left side of Eagles. Marcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, huge roles in the last few seasons, especially at this game. They came up huge. Realistically, I I was kind of surprised the Eagles pulled it out. And like you you mentioned, the Eagles were so close to really screwing this up. Uh, I, I think it's a good look for the Cowboys. And I would not be surprised if we see these two teams later on in the season, potentially postseason, because who knows? Stranger things have happened. Um, I don't want to put that out there confidently because it is still the Cowboys. However... Uh, it was a very good game. I also very much enjoyed this one. Shout out to Dak Prescott, the uh, stomp the yard that he he decided to give in the middle of the game was top notch. Um, but yeah, no, it, it truly was like you said a divisional matchup, and those are always the most fun to watch, but also the most unpredictable. Like these are the teams that you see twice a year, every year. You know everything about this team no matter like personnel changes great you still know this team you know this team and this team knows you so you you can never really tell about a divisional matchup uh i know one person here was going to be happy either way it went so i'm going to go to you next justin give me your thoughts on just some uh, interdivision self-beating up that you must have enjoyed i couldn't enjoy it and i'll tell you why i couldn't enjoy it because that game had to have been played at 4.25 p.m. And unfortunately, here in New York, we got to watch the Giants and Daniel Jones blow out his knee. But, but. Hey, you got Jacob Eason. No, let's not start you, with we, you got him. No, no, I have to Google Jacob Eason. I didn't even know who he was. Anyways, the game, I, I saw the highlights. I saw the condensed version. Thank God for NFL Plus. Um, it, it's a gritty back and forth. It's your typical Cowboys-Eagles game. Both teams, with the Eagles struggling the way that they did, seemed really evenly matched the entire game. So you knew that it was going to come down to whoever had the ball last. And I say that because that last drive was pivotal. The Eagles almost blew it. There was no way Dak Prescott should have gotten anywhere close to the red zone with what was it 25 seconds left and oh just gosh. because of a pass interference and penalties like that they were yeah. able to go all the way across they just couldn't finish it Dak I'm gonna give you this one piece of advice and you should have known this as an NFL veteran if this is the last play of the game you do not throw it right before the end zone I don't care if you sail it over throw it into the end zone have somebody try to come down with it because you have much better chance of somebody accidentally uh, catching it there than to have somebody catch it before the sticks and try to actually run their way in there. I'm, I'm just tired of seeing players do that. But one piece of fun and oh man, here's my heart attack moment. <laughs> it's just it's a lovely Tuesday here at one, the house. We're, we're, we're all doing great. about this game. So I'm on TikTok a lot. And I follow a bunch of people who are fans of NFC East teams. And there is a fun couple. I know the husband's name is Cody Marler. 
him and his wife Lindsay have had this running gag all season because she has a Dallas Cowboys uniform, like the cheerleaders uniform. Every time she's worn it, they have won the game. This week, Cody fucked up and told his wife, hey, you don't have to do that anymore because I got a bunch of women who are messaging me on TikTok and telling me that they'll do it in your place. She refused to wear it after that and they lost. Good job, Cody. Way to help me out. Do that again next week. For some reason, oh help the Giants gosh. win. I love the superstition. Just a piece of fun fact for y'all. Oh, I, I love the superstition so much because it's so true. It's so true. No, I but I agree that like Dak Prescott, you have to throw that into the end zone. I'm like CeeDee Lamb is good, but he's he just throws not that good. He's not that good. There are four Eagles DBs guarding the fucking plane of the goal line. Like there's no there's no shot. He but, wanted CD speed with DK Metcalf's body type. Like, yeah, I just yeah. him there. That would be a that would be a really damn good receiver. I'm not gonna lie. That that would be a drug know. test every week. Would, oh god, yeah. R- random drug test. Okay. Uh what else do we need to talk about? We gotta talk about Josh Dobbs a little bit. I mean, that was that's awesome. I don't I don't care if you love the Vikings, hate the Vikings. I'm a Bears fan. I don't love the Vikings. Seeing Josh Dobbs do that was awesome, though. Jill, I'm going to you. Talk to me about the game leader for the Vikings in passing and rushing, Josh Dobbs. That's that's what people love about this sport, is those comeback stories, those Disney storylines that happen. Uh, and that was very much what that is. Minnesota, though, especially, I feel like they've had quite a bit of these kind of victory Disney moments. You can go back a few years to the Minnesota miracle and you know, line goes down. I, I just, it was a good feeling. Did nothing else besides me going, Oh my God, that was so great. Uh, because realistically I'm not expecting much more out of Josh Dobbs than he showed up and did an absolutely amazing performance. It's great. But then it becomes the NFL and We'll see how he pans out, but I'm not expecting. Yeah. I'm not going to say this is all of a sudden the answer to everything the Minnesota Vikings have needed. It was a feel-good moment, and I'm going to cap it at that. No, absolutely. Don't. He's not a franchise guy. Like, let's not get it twisted. But damn it, if it's not just so fun. Yeah. Justin, I'm going to you next. Give me your thoughts on Josh Dobbs getting the win over the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, dear NFL, we need to make this a rule. All backup quarterbacks need to be aerospace engineering majors from the University of Tennessee. We need more of those because, yes, he's not going to be the franchise guy, but he is like the, uh, he's going to be a legend in terms of being a backup quarterback, kind of like what we see with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to be that journeyman that's going to, he's already been traveling to different teams. This is his fourth one this season alone. And he's come in and performed. And we've all seen the video when the quarterback that they had that was supposed to be playing the game got injured. He's over there with Garrett Bradbury teaching the offensive line his cadence. That moment, someone who took zero snaps for the team. So I think this is a great Disney story. I am happy to see him win. I'm looking forward to seeing how he does later on in the season, especially when Justin Jefferson comes back, Mm -hmm. how that would work. But, and I've been like talking to directly to people on this whole episode. Um, Vikings, do me a favor. Don't make the same mistake that the Cardinals did. Please have this man's jersey available for next week. 
No, have the jersey in the pro shop. That needs to happen. Already, like, that story came out, that was so damn funny. Oh my god, that be was... the number one selling jersey next week. I'm like, about to buy one, and I don't even have any other jerseys. The NFL should just send one to Taylor Swift. It will be number one. No ifs, ands, or buts. Gosh, yep. There, <laughs> there's our Taylor Swift for the week. You hear it. You heard it here first. That's the only one. That's the only one. Uh, we've got uh, we've got pretty much most of the major storylines from Week Nine covered. Obviously, some more stuff went down. We had the Chargers looking fantastic last night on Monday Night Football against the Jets. The Raiders with their with with their just. I, I'm sorry, Justin, absolute beatdown of the New York Giants. And you had to see it coming. They had a fired coach. This always seems to happen, yep. especially with the Raiders. Like, I remember football, Rich Basaccia. He was awesome, and I wanted the Raiders to hire him full-time because of how great he was stepping in as the interim head coach. Uh, Colts take a win over the Panthers, who are just giving the Bears better and better draft capital. So There's thank you. your coaching thing that you just talked about, Frank Reich. That's, that's the Frank Reich aura it's just (laughs) going back to the raiders real quick can we just acknowledge the fact that antonio pierce whom i love because you know we got him a ring with the giants the man really (laughs) looks like suge knight who's coaching the raiders right now he literally looks like he brought (laughs) not bad boy death row records to the raiders and then and clearly like that's what they needed oh but you know, Tupac, wasn't it Vegas where he was shot? Or I'm making that up completely. It was Vegas. Night. It was. No, it yeah. was. Uh, maybe it is. I just need a way to start a jacket and that's it. He's out of prison and moved on to coaching. Oh, gosh. we got to talk about Thursday Night Football. and I just don't know how to segue us. I could talk about Frank Reg making sure the Chicago Bears have very much the best draft capital going into the offseason next year. I could talk about the fact that Justin Fields dislocated his thumb, and I have no idea if he's going to be playing on Thursday. I could talk about the fact that Tyson Badgett is so clearly not a guy. Three interceptions against the Saints. Obviously, the Saints have a very good defense. Don't get it twisted. But Tyson Badgett did not do himself any favors either. Um I'm, of course, talking about Thursday Night Football, the Carolina Panthers taking on the Chicago Bears. Uh, This one feels so just... All primetime games this week are horrible. It's gross. I'm a Bears fan. I don't want to talk about this, but we are going to because there are still storylines going into this. This this has a lot of implications for the draft, frankly. And as weird as it sounds, uh, the Bears can determine whether or not they want to be using their pick or Carolina's pick to possibly get a new quarterback, maybe get Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, I love this segue. You you really don't know how to. This is awful. <laughs> he this said this has draft implications. The Bears have both of these picks. It really yeah, no, it has draft implications for one team. That's it. <laughs> because yeah. the Panthers just needed to get Bryce Young, and I'm so glad that they did. Jill, uh, talk to me a little bit about these Panthers going to Soldier Field. This is just a gross game. I wanted the Panthers to pick up CJ Stroud. And I'm sure they are picking themselves for making sure they got Bryce Young. I listen, Bryce, not trying to be mean. 
shorter quarterbacks struggle in the NFL. Look at Kyler Murray, who there is talks he might not have a job next season. It just, it doesn't work out. Um, I'm not shocked with the addition of Frank Reich, who I also absolutely cannot stand. That combination is exactly why they are one in seven. And I'm going to give the Bears the win over the Panthers. And it's solely for just how bad the Panthers have been. Not saying the Bears are any better. However, I think they have a little bit of an edge to the Panthers in this game. Oh, God. A I little, little edge. Just a little. Uh, we, we needed a little edge on the Bears. We've needed a little edge for a while. Hopefully, Montez Sweat is that guy, but I don't know. It's the Bears. They're gonna find. They're gonna find a way to be the Bears. Justin, I'm going to you next. Talk to me about your fellow bottom feeder teams taking the ta- <laughs> taking each other out on Thursday night football. I wish I could say I want one of these teams to win. That way, my Giants can jump them in the draft order. But it seems like it's not gonna work. Um, I think the best case scenario for Chicago is that they tie and both picks stay exactly where they are. But this, this, is, this is this has tie is written this all over it. This is going to be our first tie of the season. This is also why we need to say Roger Goodell, NFL, you need to start taking these primetime games and making them all flex games. So that way, when we have terrible lineups like this, This. we can easily move them for something better because there's no way in hell I am paying $16 for Amazon Prime to be watching Carolina and Chicago. (laughs) Listen, I I will give it to the NFL. At least they got three horrible games out of the way in one weekend instead of last season torturing us with five separate Broncos games. That was just awful. And guess what? The Broncos are in primetime again this week. But you know what? Wait, we we there's been a little bit of a shift. I'm not saying a lot, but there's been a little bit of a shift. There so. has been, and they could they could come out of the bye week looking. Who knows? Who knows how they're going to look? It's the Broncos. They have been insane the whole time. The whole time that the after Peyton Manning, the entire Broncos era, oh. they're just all over the place. It's weird. It's a weird team. I'd rather oh, watch Houston and Cincinnati because that actually has wild card. That sounds like a fun ass game. And that's a 1 p.m. game. I'd rather watch Indy and New England at and they're a 9:30 in the morning game in Germany. I, I would rather watch that. I did not even realize that. That's a Germany game. That's yeah, a Germany. That's the game. last international game. Oh, we got to talk about that yeah. a little bit. That's amazing. Who made that decision. <laughs> Like, attention to the international games because I'm not like I love football. I'm not waking up that early. They could have ended with Chiefs football. Dolphins, but no, they were like, we're gonna we're gonna cap off our world tour with Colts Patriots. Who, whoever scheduled the international games really thought that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were still playing. Yeah, Maybe they oh, are. Definitely. Maybe it's like a German thing. Like they are gonna play. Omaha. Oh, oh my right. gosh. All right, we've got to give scores for Thursday. I honestly, I'm struggling to not pick a tie right now because that seems like the only thing that's going to happen here. Like, this isn't even a DJ Moore revenge game because DJ Moore is not going to be playing with his quarterback. So this sucks. Uh, I don't know. Let's go 17-10 Bears. This is going to stink. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to go. I'm going to, like we talked about stinky games. I'm going to go true fashion like we saw last season. 
with the Broncos and Colts. Give me like a 12-6 game. Oh, gross. Justin, three to two. <laughs> Who's winning? I, the only reason I say three to two is I think Chicago's defense is enough to get one safety. <laughs> one safety. And Carolina will pull out one BS field goal. And Bradshaw will three interceptions. There you have it. I didn't the expect that been. mine would be the highest scoring prediction. Right. We're going to all of a sudden have like Dolphins 2.0 come no, out on the I'll field. have the two lowest. That's the one that I think is going to happen. The one I want to happen is 0-0 tie. Oh, God. A 0-0 no tie point. would be glorious. No question deserves to happen here. Breaks the record for the punts that the Jets and the Giants did. That actually should happen. I would enjoy that. That'd be that would, like Honestly, it deserves to be the case. Uh, you heard it here first. Zero, zero. <laughs> oh my gosh! There, we, there's, there's like so much, like not much to talk about with that game. I, I mean, maybe you have a fun game out of Montez Sweat. He's got a full week of. You're still practice. trying to segue this. It's <laughs> it's terrible. It's no. ter- I just keep on looking at. I'm trying to find stats that are fun about this game, and there's nothing. Now watch this be the game Bryce Young ends up going off and then we all have to eat our words. If Bryce Young goes off, it will be the top five most embarrassing things as a Bears fan in a while. Like this is double doink levels of bad if that happens. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry to everyone who has to watch this game. No, I'm not. All of us. We're gonna have to suffer together. I'm not sorry because I'm also going to watch this game. Uh, That's our predictions for Thursday night football. We're keeping this episode short and sweet. Uh, Talked plenty of week nine action. It was a wild time. We're going into some really rough primetime games. But there are still some exciting games that will be happening in the earlier slate. As we mentioned, we've got a bunch of AFC North matchups that are going to be fun. Browns and Ravens is going down as well. And we got Texans, Bengals. But our other crew is going to break down all of those games. And until the next time, that's Jill, that's Justin, I'm Kyle. It has been great hanging out with you, talking some Thursday night football, talking some week nine action. We will see you on the next one. Peace. Right now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so they, they have some guys sitting in there. But... They're not the level that 